Let's do this. Blaine and Mickey, guess where we are? Where in the world are Blaine and Mickey? We are actually... We're in the studio. Yeah, I feel like I'm invading some people's privacy. I do, too. Yeah, like this... I feel like this is... uh, I'm visiting someone's place in their man cave. (laughs) You're just saying that because it's so dark on that side of the studio. There's a lot of bubs out, but I I tried to mess with the lighting, and there's no use that the bubs are out. But, uh, man, I, I feel like I'm in somewhat of a, a man cave here, you know, or, or a ladies cave, however you want to put it. <laughs> but uh, this is kind of interesting. The, the studio has changed a lot. It sure has. <laughs> but one thing that hasn't changed, there is dust balls all over the office. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have issues with dust, so I'll, I'll be in here cleaning up. But, uh, yeah, now that we're back, man, you know, the shit, you know, uh, you know I'm – I'm real cool with the real sheriff, and that's Roger Goodell. But uh, we're gonna have to clean some of this stuff up and put them in their their appropriate corners, uh, you know, for other people to use. I mean, like I don't want to be sitting here looking at someone else's uh, peanuts, ketchup, and their their, their lotion. That's all. Their skin. That's all Ron Slay. <laughs> I figure because has UT right here, and then actually he's you know what I get give him credit though he's all prepared. Then he also has inflammation, omega-3 uh, tablets right here. It's a lot of so mileage on those legs, man. I'll just move up, up there so they're kind of like out of the area of where you put your, your notebook and your computer and everything. But I know he didn't know we were coming, so I'm sure he would have <laughs> cleaned up. Also, we have some Chick-fil-A barbecue sauce, uh, uh, you know, bucket here. So it's, uh, it's kind of prepared. You, can ju- you guys can join the Buck Rising Coalition to get the Zone Studio cleaned up. He's the only one that's been raging against this stuff. So if oh, y'all want to oh, team so up with Buck. Oh, he's the only one? Yeah, so far he's the only one. I think oh, that, the, that Other Chick-fil-A... people must be scared because Slay is like 6'7 or so. Well, maybe. But that barbecue box, I think, has holds some special meaning to Slay. Oh, well, it, it, it holds special meaning to me with all that dust sitting on top of it. I can <laughs> see it from, from – if I can visually see the dust, then that means it needs to be cleaned. And I, you know, just like the lighting here. So I don't know who's supposed to do all this, man. This is, uh, it's, it's, I feel like I'm in a whole different studio. I don't know why I feel this way. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel welcome because it doesn't feel like it's the same studio. <laughs> There's coffee in the break room down the hall. Please help yourself. No, I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> is it still the same? Like, no, I'm just kidding. this much coffee burning in the bottom of yeah, the pot I, that is yeah, with that me fuel at the bottom. Yes, and uh, no, but at least they have some hand sanitizer, so I will be using that. So that's that's cool. But uh, no, it's, all jokes aside, man, it's been been fun uh, outside the office, but now uh, we are back into. The office of the studio, and now I'm gonna call it the man cave, or or the cave. Uh, yeah, you know, Don comes in here too, so the lady cave. So it's the cave with all these posters and everything else, man. Of everybody, I'm like, man, where's our posters? Did we not? Did we get we get nuts and bolts on that too? <laughs> I just assume to get nuts and bolts on everything. Yeah, well, you know, that's what you do, man. You know, you're just the, the the ring of the litter. <laughs> well, we we are in the studio. You can call us and say hello in the marks. I'm still getting used to hearing myself through a real microphone. Oh, it's man. been a minute. I've been using a uh, a tour microphone from my band from uh, 1989. Oh, from that tour. Yeah, I think we bought it with some money that tour. So uh, yeah, using these real microphones. Lucas is here. I, I I came in today. I thought I'm gonna bring everybody a gift. I've got this Italy hockey jacket oh. that I brought to Lucas because he's 
he's Mr. Italy, right? Oh, you got that from North Italiana, a restaurant that opened up there in Cool Springs? No, yeah. but I tried to go there and the line was too long. Yesterday. No, I tried to go there and set up a reservation that was weekend and it was like, no can do. <laughs> you could come to brunch on Sunday. <laughs> well, we tried to come to brunch on Sunday after church and couldn't get in. So Lucas got a jacket. He's holding it up. I guess that's on Zone TV. Then oh. I, So I'm like, look at this, dude. My friend Kyle, he was out scouring, you know, the the the... The world. The world. <laughs> and he found this Coors Light Blaine Bishop cup, which is like his ass cold, hard stats and all the stuff on it. Yeah. So I really come cool. in today. I'm like, hit me and check this out. My friend Kyle found this. And yeah. when it makes and you're like, dude, that's awesome. But I, you were going to give it to me. And I was, I was like, go give it to you. I was like, no, 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 no. You keep it. And you had no idea. I was like, well, no, no, I was going to give it I to you. I want you to have this. And I was like, oh, no, no. I have a whole bunch in my cabinet. <laughs> and I said, well, like, you could use an extra one. You said, no, like, I have two boxes full. Yeah. Well, I, I did a lot of events for Coors uh, probably, I don't even know, maybe 10 years ago. And they sent me caseloads and I had to bring them to all the events. And then when we finished, whatever was left over, I just kept. And, uh, you know, so it's it's all across the not only the state, but the country. <laughs> One right here? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. So uh, you could keep that in. You know, put it, you know, I know you don't drink, so you could put some nice cold. Uh, what's your favorite beverage? Like Diet Coke? What is your, you, no, Mountain Dew? What are you? Uh, the only thing I, I could really taste after COVID was Dr. Pepper. So Dr. I'm drinking Pepper. a lot of Dr. Pepper. Well, Dr. if I drink any of that, usually it's Yeah, Dr. put some Dr. Pepper there, man. It'd be, it'd be great, man. You you always remember the hitman at, at times when we, when we get separated. <laughs> well, we're not anymore except by a big sheet of bulletproof glass here. So uh, we're in the studio. You can say hey to us on all the Zone TV platforms. You can see us on all the Zone TV platforms. Uh, we plan on on being here every day from here on out. So you'll be able to uh, see and interact with us the way you've been used to doing that with the other shows. We'll certainly talk a lot of Titans today. We've got our ding-dong of the week coming up in the next segment. And uh, look forward to uh, hearing from all of you guys if you want to call out any ding-dongs of the week. And uh, we'll kind of reacquaint, us, reacquaint ourselves with the studio. Really, the main news right now, Blaine, that is probably most interesting to Titans fans, I, I know Julio Jones came down awkwardly in practice today and left practice. Oh, what time did that happen? Red Bryan was telling us about it. Uh, said he left practice at, at some point. I guess, well... We've talked about these veteran guys and Mike Vrabel. Don't go and expect to see Taylor Lewan practicing every day, Roger Saffold, any of these guys. They're all going to get some time off. And it seems like they've been easing Julio in. And today he fell awkwardly, went in with trainers. Mike Vrabel didn't act like it was any big deal after practice or anything like that today. Uh, so Titans fans, I'm sure, holding their breath just because they want to see him do well. The other thing that seems to have Titans fans a little bit vexed, and this is something else that Rep was kind of telling us about, we haven't seen Red in forever, uh, Ryan Tannehill, six interceptions in training camp. Maybe the defense is a little bit better than it used to be. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe he's attempting some new stuff. Maybe he's just still getting his legs under him. I, I don't know. You were a defensive guy. I'm sure you would have been feeling good, though, if you guys were picking off QB1 about how the defense was doing. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you feel good about your side of the ball. Yeah, maybe that's the case. I, I'm not out there looking at you know the practices, so hopefully I'll get a chance to go this week. Uh, you know, talking to Robbie Barn and those guys uh, today. I got my, I got all my uh, COVID uh, you know shots and everything else. I sent them my card. I, I got in May, but uh, so I can actually see because I don't know what's attributing to some of the interceptions. Are in seven oh seven? Is it a team? Did he have pressure? Is he out there with younger receivers or they were not running good routes? Or was it just, you know, just a great play by the defense? Um, 
so, you know, it, it was kind of alarming. Just listen to Vrabel, not about the actual interceptions. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not too concerned about that, at least right now. It's early in camp. Uh, but this, you know, bobbled snaps would irritate the mess out of me because, you know, that's what you learn in, you know, little leagues. I mean, come on now. This is the big boys. And for that to happen more than one time is, is a problem. You know, and they, they call that in the NFL unforced errors. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that that's going on. That would be an issue. You know, the interceptions, getting back to Tannehill a little bit, I, I'm sure he's trying to do some things that he hadn't done before, maybe forcing the issue, uh, you know, at times, and just seeing how far he can go with it. Uh, but I, I'm not too concerned at this point. But if we see it continue on here the next couple of weeks in training camp, I, I think then – you know, people should start saying, okay, we need to sit back because you would have thrown that ball away. See, that might have been a couple of interceptions just right there. He just trying to make a play in a real game. He would have thrown it away. And to me, you need to practice those habits. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in practice, you get a little greedy because you think you know the other guy really well that's going against your receiver. And all I can squeeze it in, I know his habits, right? Uh, so uh, it, it'll be interesting. I can't, I can't wait to get out there and watch these guys uh, because – Man, they're, they're bigger, stronger, faster. And this is a, a deeper team, man. It's going to be interesting to see how the cuts go. Uh, who actually gets cut there that, uh, you know, that's produced for the Titans in the past. Uh, that's why I say that, because there's always somebody, a surprise cut. You go, whoa, man, that guy's a pretty good player. Uh, when I say pretty good, I mean he is really good. It was interesting for years when the team was bad, just guys got cut, and you're like, I don't even remember that guy. I don't know. And as the team gets better, it's like, boy, they cut some really good, good players. players. Yeah. And that's been the interesting thing about them getting better for cuts is it's like, man, that guy was pretty good last year. God, that guy, you know, two interceptions, whatever it might be. But you're right. There's going to be some really good football players to get cut off this team this year, and they were so bad so long, they cut a bunch of dudes who never resurfaced anywhere else. Well, that's a credit, actually, to Vrabel and JR. Yep. You know, they're – they're always uh, turning the roster, especially at the end, as we always hear Coach Mack talk about. So the roster is upgraded. Uh, you know, another thing to look at is I think a couple guys haven't been out there in practice for a couple of days. I know Reynolds is one of them. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I forgot who else. Who's the other person? Had in there, do you remember? But anyway, two guys that are contributors uh, that, you know, are missing practice early here. I don't know if they just got to look nicked up. And I think now in today's NFL, I think, you know, training staffs and coaching staffs try to be on the cautious side of any injury that happens, as we are talking about with Julio Jones, you know, a veteran guy. He's going on, what, year 11. You say, okay, he just tweaked his ankle. He'll be fine. Back in the day, you say, oh, he can fight through it and make it through practice. Now you say, no, you come out here and watch practice, stand or sit in the chair, right. watch practice, and we'll just give you a couple extra days or maybe this week off, and then we'll have you revved up next week and make sure we stay on top of your conditioning. It's funny, I was talking to a chiropractor friend of mine, and, and, and we were talking about Julio Jones, and he said, what gets a lot of guys like that is they just keep trying to come back too fast. Yep. So they get dinged up, I'm going to come back. Then that gets worse. Then the next year they have another problem. Then the next year, because they just keep trying to come back too fast. And I said, it's funny, when you read about Julio Jones last year, he essentially said, yeah, I tried to come back too fast. Yeah, he, that's, he admitted it. Yeah. But that's the competitor. I mean, I think that's when, you know, the training staff, the coaching staff, you try to do as much as you can to not put them out there sooner than later. But at some point, you have to take that risk to go out there and see if you can manage through it. Uh, and that's probably when he, you know, it got worse. So, yeah, hats off to him. He's tough. Uh, but when you get up there in, in years and you're still a productive player, you have to be really cautious about the practice time how much you put in. But, you know, he's trying to get to know Tannehill and the offense. So he wants to be at practice 
all time. So, uh, you know, he didn't become Julio, the great Julio, for nothing. So hopefully they can get on the same page, and it's something we'll look back and forget all about it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and all I could think about was this, and I know we got to take a break. we got Mike Herndon, who said, or actually Ding Dong of the Week is coming up next. Mike Herndon will join us in hour two. Uh, Mark says, well, it's time to expose y'all to the crazy chat family because we got two huge screens of chat oh, in front of us. So well, we- no, no, you do. Okay, well, I, I'll, I, I'll I don't see you know any screens, so that, that's kind of good because they know I, I can't, you know, do like five things at one time. <laughs> All right, well, I'll keep, I'll keep yeah, you that, updated that, that, on that, the chats. I cannot do that. The other, <laughs> the other thing is this. Um, remember, like, we had one training camp where Marcus didn't throw an interception. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, the interceptor tracker. Yes, yeah, and we talked was, about it every day. It's like, one more day. Yeah. No yeah. more. And then they jinxed him, and then he had like two or three <laughs> in a day. So it's training camp. We'll keep an eye on all of it. All right, here's the thing. we got time uh, for our ding-dong of the week coming up next. Uh, brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. We'll give you our ding-dongs of the week. You can call us on the Mark Spain Real Estate hotline. You can share your ding-dong of the week there. And here's the other thing. Zone TV, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, however you want to do it. You can share your ding-dong of the week there. It's never been easier to share your ding-dong with Blaine and Mickey. And you can do that next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, live. Yeah, we share ding-dongs. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, back in the studio. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Zone TV, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. John Holmes, it's great to see y'all back in the studio. John, it's great to see you. Does John Holmes have a ding dong of the week of the week with the of the week? That's stop, a, stop that, Lucas. An interesting name <laughs> to mention in context with that. Uh, Mark says he drove through the Indy track on the way to work. I come here early, so no traffic. I topped the bridge at over eighty. I, Mark, I don't know if I'd be telling people that. He said he loves the barriers. So Mark is Indy carring his way through Nashville. Oh yeah, at eighty. Well, he's only ten miles, so a pump of the brakes. He's at seventy seventy six. <laughs> you think the number of speeding tickets is going to go up o- over whatever amount of time those barriers are up because people think they're on an indie track? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't. You, but, you know, then again. there's This town's a 24-hour town now. Like, it never goes to sleep. It never stops working. Never stops. There's always people out doing something somewhere. Yeah. It's it's become that. You know it's some knuckleheads who've had a couple too many. They're going to go find that course at 3 in the morning when nobody's around and say, oh, I'm about to show these IndyCar guys. What's, I'm, I'm about to burn some rubber on these streets of oh, Nashville. So you saying Panda's going to come back in town? Well, he didn't need an IndyCar <laughs> race. He was just driving around wrecking what Dodge uh, uh, muscle cars all over town. He had more wrecks than he did snaps almost. Poor guy. What's what, that guy what, doing what, now? Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. Man, that, that was just a year ago. Well, this Kamar Rocker thing. So the Mets drafted a guy, and obviously had some one. That, surely they had some kind of intel. They still drafted him at number ten, and that story got finished this weekend. He's he's not going to play for the Mets. They said they're not going to sign him. So the Mets drafted a guy at number ten overall, and they're although baseball has provisions, they get the eleventh overall pick next year since they didn't sign him. That's still pretty egregious, though, to take a guy at number ten overall and go, yeah, his arms messed up. Well, doggone it. Just keep it moving. Yeah, that's kind of weird because, you know, I don't know all the details with his agent, you know, Scott Boris, who has all these, you know, I guess doctors look at, you know, his players' elbows and all everything and then submit it to the team and say, this is it. And he says, they, you know, like three or four different doctors said there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Uh, with his elbow. So uh, it was just kind of interesting. So I'm interested to see what he does uh, here 
you can either go back in the draft next year, go back to Vandy, which you know a lot of people are saying that he's just going to kind of sit out this year, then re-enter the draft next year. But man, that six mil not in your pocket, real quick. Just a little disappointing and sad. Just I remember we had your, your guy on what's his uh Decomo? What was his name? Yeah, the yeah, MLB he, Twins writer. Yeah, he or Mets like, writer. you know, because I asked, was this a negotiating ploy? That was my whole stick because I'm like, how did this come out of nowhere? And then they talked about how his velocity went down, which happened even to lighter that happened. That's why I brought that up because that happens typically when you're in college, halfway through the season, they give you a rest and they let you miss a start or two. The next thing you know, you get your velocity back up. Well, they're saying that he didn't get his velocity all the way back to where it was. Let's say his velocity was 98. It dropped to 92. Then he got it back to 95, 6. Well, man, he was on his way. So I'm hoping that, you know, there was nothing wrong there. If it is, guess what? He has a whole long offseason here to get it fixed, if it if that's true. But uh, So we'll find out based off of his actions and what he believes is going on with his body. Uh, that's the only, you know, information we really can give out because nobody really knows. When the team says one thing, his agent and, and, and Rocker says the other. So, wow. Uh, so they had to they had to sign him by Sunday. They didn't do it. Uh, Anthony DeComo, this guy that joined us last week, Mets reporter, said the Mets were unaware of Rocker's arm issues until he went to New York in mid-July for his post-draft physical. Post-draft. Uh, he can't join MLB until after next year's draft. So he doesn't just become a free agent. Even though the Mets said, nope, not going to do anything with him. So it's not like he goes on a waiver wire, nothing. He has a year where he just has to chill. I mean, would you go to Japan or would you would you just th- get yourself a pitching coach and throw I mean, and, and video it? What, what would you do? Uh, for me personally, being that he's such a high pick, I, I don't know if I would be going to pitch in any league. I think, you know, I would continually – you know, my process of keeping my arm strong, uh, keeping it fresh. And then, you know, naturally he's going to be pitching. Uh, but to what level are you pressing? I, I wouldn't be doing that, you know, every day. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would probably set out if it was me. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not pitching in any league or anything. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about the rules, but that has been the rules forever about you don't go on a waiver wire. That that just, just doesn't exist. You have to sit it out, which is unfortunate for the actual player. Maybe they will change the rule. We're so used to the NFL as if you don't like a guy. But, you know, if a player doesn't get picked up, you know, and you draft him and he doesn't pass his physical, at least he's on a waiver wire. You can go now seek to pick him up. Yeah. So maybe they'll change a little bit, but I doubt it. You know, the baseballs, you know, they, they're old school. They're like you, Mickey. They're old school. Yeah. And, and, and like Lucas, he's old school, too. He's got an old spirit. He is old for a young guy. Lucas does have an old soul for a young guy. Taken uh, as a compliment. No, that's a, hey, from two guys with a little of experience in the world. Uh, trust me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. You, get, you you seem like an old soul for sure. Uh, time for our Ding Dong of the Week, brought to you by our friends at Mark Spain. Don't be a Ding Dong. That's We, we have our own copy. Don't be a Ding Dong. Use Mark Spain. But they want to remind you, go to MarkSpain.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. I feel like Lucas might have a soccer ding-dong, although his soccer ding-dong might be for anybody who doubted the U.S. men blank because they host, they hoisted the, uh, what was it, the gold cup last night, Lucas? They and did. I went downstairs at like minute 85, and I watched from there till the end, and I watched them win that game. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's not my ding-dong, though, because I don't didn't really believe that this team would win the gold cup. So that would be ding dong exception. With me ding-donging myself. So it is not soccer-related this time around. 
What would you like to go first since you've in- invented a word, ding-dongception? My ding-dongs of the week are Ooh, Clemson plural. and Florida State because this report minutes ago from Mark Ryan up in uh, down in Florida. I what believe. is my cousin doing? Mark Ryan tweeting, per a reliable source, Clemson and Florida State have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. He continues, the SEC is concerned that streaming numbers for Clemson and Florida State don't bring what Oklahoma and Texas do. Notre Dame now is the only, quote, free agent left that would, quote, add to the pot. So now Clemson and Florida State want in on the party. They see Oklahoma and Texas. They see what's happening. But the SEC, according to Mark Ryan, saying, nah, nah. Not enough money for us. Notre Dame's the only other team we'll consider. Can you imagine Notre Dame in the SEC? That would feel wrong. Uh, well, well, not only would it feel wrong, they, they wouldn't be winning. <laughs> Have you watched some of those playoff games? Yeah, every time they get matched up with even a Clemson. Yeah, it doesn't uh, go so well. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I think what they're looking at is uh, not only streaming, but they can also look at the history and what the programs are worth. Yep. And Texas and Oklahoma pretty much are, you know, I think both of them are in the top ten. Uh, so I think uh, Clemson, Florida State, I, I don't think uh, <laughs> their brand is quite to that magnitude uh, yearly. Uh, but naturally, they have some good years here or there, no doubt. That, that adds to some rivalries, right? Clemson. Florida State banging on the door of the mm-hmm. SEC. Florida, yeah, Clemson, Florida South Carolina, mm-hmm. Florida, Florida State. Alabama, Clemson is basically a rivalry at this mm-hmm. point. So, uh, yeah, Clemson and FSU are my ding-dongs of the week. This is so funny that you ah, mentioned this, and this is veering away from ding-dongs for a second. I have this in my notes from Friday from the Tallahassee Democrat newspaper. Florida State President John Thrasher was asked a question about expansion, and this is what he said to a newspaper that went all around the world. My point, he said to the FSU Director of Athletics, David Coburn, and to new ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips is, I don't want Florida State to be left behind. I consider us part of the ACC, but I also know we have a marquee name, and Clemson has a marquee name. I think there might be people coming after us. I don't know, but we got to be prepared no matter what the options are. So he dropped the dagger on this thing on Friday, and obviously he's talked to Clemson because he's dropping their name in the discussion. How about Florida State and Clint and Clemson just straight peacocking now for the SEC? Hey man, every man for themselves. We love the ACC. It's great. All all for one and one for all. Wait a second. A- a- SEC's taking members? Hey man, we got a unique <laughs> brand here. Us and Clemson. I don't know about those other chumps, but us and Clemson special. Real special. Wow. I mean, remember when Jameis was here and we well, won what, all those games? What would happen with the ACC? What? What? Exactly that. If if I was the ACC, I'd be trying to get Texas at home. Y'all can come here and be the Kings right here with us. And that's what I'd do. Oh, bait and switch. Yeah, that's what I'd do. They'd be like, yeah, then our contract will be just as big as the SEC's. They'd be like, no, we, we've been there. We just left the Big, big 12. <laughs> <laughs> this, well, my my ding-dong literally it is it's about college football. But Bam is on the line. Let's give Bam uh, his opportunity. Now, Lucas, I've never touched this phone before. It's a new phone system. Can I trust you oh, to no. not hang up? I, I've never covered. seen this phone until today. That is why I'm not over there trying to multitask like 50 things. No one showed me how to work I, I this phone. I would hang phone. everybody up. 
We would be offline streaming. I almost unplugged this plug right here for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't get my plug to plug up for, to charge my phone. <laughs> so it's... Can you, only fitting since we're doing the ding-dong right now. Yes, can you bring Bam in to speak to us ding-dongs? Bam, what's your ding-dong of the week? Man, Nikki, I hate to do it, bro, but I got to give you the ding-dong of the week, man. What? What, what happened? What? Man, look, Mickey was supposed to bring his babe Saturday night and come sit in with me at the show. I asked him to do it, and he didn't bring his face, man, so I got to give you the ding-dong, man. But... You made it because you came and you enjoyed. I appreciate you. Blaine, next time you got to come for the fam. You know how we kick it. But, yeah, Mickey, I got to give you a ding dong, man. We was looking forward to jamming with what, you. Wait, wait, wait. Where were you supposed to be going? Bourbon Street on Printer's Alley. Bam's Band. Horn section. Everything. Just killing it with soul music, which is what I grew up listening to. Oh. Straight killing it. There was Where there is was, that at? Printer's Alley? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just there a couple couple of weeks ago. Well, there you go. Basically, a hurricane hit. <laughs> My truck floated downtown to get me there. It was crazy. I drove through a hurricane to get there. Bam, you need to add... You were an hour and 20 minutes late for your yeah, own show, my friend. Oh, man. Yes. I will reverse your ding-dong and put the ding-dong back on and, and you. Speaking of ding-dongs, it sounds like you're in a bathroom. He was in the bathroom. bathroom. He might have been at work and had to go to the bathroom. That's a pretty crappy call, man. <laughs> you called us from the can, man. Uh, the echo got him. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. That guy, Bam, yeah. uh, drummers have what's called pocket, right? You want to play with a drummer that has pocket? Dude, that rascal has got pocket for days. Oh, really? And he's a showman. Like, at one point, he took his phone down. It was like video of him and playing while he was on, playing his own drums. Great band, killer band. I don't even know that it's just Bam's band is all I know. We need to know the name of the band. But, yeah, they were a lot of fun. But I wasn't going to show up in this packed club with a bass and try to elbow my way on the stage. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I require a little bit more planning than that. Hey, Lucas was there. The place was so packed. Josh, Josh was there. Josh showed up. Yeah. So Joshua Clay, Mart showed up. So there were there were a few people that showed up down there. But Bam had kind of tweeted out an invite. I had left home in seventeen months. I told my wife, I'm gonna do something I used to do. I'm gonna leave home at ten o'clock. I left at ten o'clock. Went to see Bam's band. Get down there. Thought I'm gonna be fashionably late. No, Bam was more fashionably late than me. Oh, with the bass player. Bass player's car broke down. Bam goes to get the bass player. No drummer, no bass. I'm all about the rhythm section. Oh, so, so you about to, you, did you play? No, but I was ready to get up there. Oh, I'm like, hey, been man, awesome. I can play every one of these songs. I know soul music. Put me up there. And, and they're looking at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure you do. Yeah. I could have rocked that MFR. <laughs> boy you almost supported <laughs> me right there <laughs> yeah don't let it slip out there man because old mike is up next with the ding dong again lucas if you can facilitate this phone call and show me how to work the phone later because hey, old mike let us walk in here him blindly he doesn't I, even know i got work nothing man what's up cuz old mike <laughs> i look I love it. What's up, y'all? I love it. I love it when y'all don't know what to do, man. That's when Blaine is at his best. But, uh, <laughs> I also, <laughs> but no, also, before I get to my ding dong, uh, I want to say, Blaine, this, this is your time, man. Football season. This is when you are the absolute best to explain the games, what's going on in practice. Uh, this is, man, I love, I love listening how you break down the game, dog. So I'm, I'm excited, you know. You get me excited, bro, for real. So just keep it coming. But um, yeah, man, 
Ding dong of the week. I'm going to give it to myself. You know, let you guys know. Bam invited me to the to the show as well. I was real upset to see uh, that Mickey was there and I didn't come down. You know, I live in Cleveland. I didn't come down. That would have been my chance for me to meet you, Mickey. I'd have met almost everybody on the zone but you and Luca. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to give myself ding-dong of the week for not coming on down and getting the chance to meet you, brother. But uh, next time it's a show or tailgating, I definitely got to meet you, man. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I appreciate the love, y'all. Hey, Cuzzo Mike, thank you. We appreciate the love. Uh, appreciate Lucas punching these buttons. I'll say this, and Cuzzo Mike, and let me remind everybody who is listening, if you're new to the show, you're new to the station, 10-year vet over there, Blaine Bishop, multiple times all pro, multiple pro bowls as well. Nobody breaks down football like this guy, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. He's not using all those terms that they use to survive the games. He says it in real people talk. So when the game starts and you want the real talk, that's the guy to give it to you. And we also are back again doing Titans pre and post. So before the game, you want to hear what's going to happen and why. Blaine Bishop and Kevin Dyson, guess what? They're going to tell you everything the way it's going to happen. And then after the game, you get real breakdowns from two guys who played at the top level, two of the biggest Titans of all time. So it's a shameless plug for for our pre and post (laughs) game and for the show every day. But Blaine, I'll say this. A lot of guys who break down football – they use all the big words and the big terms and the inside jargon. You've never done that. No. I don't know how you flip the switch from being in the huddle with Mark, Rob, and the freaking everybody, and then you talk to us completely different so we all <laughs> understand what it is that you're saying. That's a skill that you've got. Yeah, you you know, uh, really my mo- whole motivation to, to be in radio was to actually educate you know, the listeners actually what's out there and what's going on. And to do that, I have to convey that in a manner that, that they can actually understand. And I learned that early on, got a great advice from John McClain, uh, who said to yeah. me, you know, because he knew, you know, I was a really, uh, when we're talking about football, he said, just don't ever talk at such a high level. Make sure you do it where people can understand it. So then I took that and then ran with it and practiced at home talking to my wife, who really didn't know very much at all about football. Like, she just follows the ball. Yeah, right? And so... I grew up around women, all my aunts and mother and grandmother who knew everything about football and told me what I was doing wrong, even when I got to the pros, you know, or asking me questions like, why did you do that? And asking with specific like, well, you should have done this. Yeah. So uh, so I learned early on just to kind of, you know, break it down, you know, put it in layman's terms. And to be honest, this is actually what I did as an actual player. Mm. No, no questions, because. You know, you you start explaining things, and that's why I always talk about guys learn differently. Is I was a guy that learned differently. I was a visual guy, so we could talk about all the jargon we want to, and they go up there and put all the stuff, the fancy stuff on on the board, and you know the D coordinators. And then I'm like, man, dang that 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 would have that would have confused me. All it is is this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Just say that. No, <laughs> you go. You're talking way above my head, and that happens to a lot of players. And I think it's actually done intentionally to a certain extent to, to kind of overwhelm you when you're a young player. And then as you start breaking it all down, it becomes simplistic. And that's what you want to put it in so then you can then play fast. Uh, and that's what I did for myself personally. So, okay, when he says this, he, he can talk about all that other stuff that what other people are doing. All I need to know is what I'm doing and where I need to put my eyes to perform at the best of my ability. And so that's kind of what I did as a player all the time. I mean, I used to be like, man, this, this, this is confusing. 
I'm up here staying up late night to 12 o'clock at night to study the plays. I'm like, well, dang, if they just explained it this way, then I got it. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I did. So I started breaking that down all the way with all the coaches whenever we're – even special teams. It can become complex there. Plus, you know, after I got uh, ear hold a couple times, I was like, I better start paying attention here. <laughs> yeah, on the cross blocks, I'm going to be the first one down there to make the tackle. Boom! Yeah, and I got ear hold. Yep, rookie year. Yep, sprained MCL. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, Carson Wentz. How could we not forget the, the Carson Wentz, the injury-prone Carson Wentz has what? He has a Liz Frank's injury. Uh, I haven't even heard it called a Liz Frank. Just but that, what is it called? What, what, do we know? I, I haven't heard what it is. Now, if you heard Liz Frank, then you know more. No, than I, I'm, I was assuming. I was making an assumption because they said it was a foot, and then they were saying they need to fix a bone. Yep. And I had a Liz Frank's injury. Oh, you did. Absolutely, oh, I did. Oof, that's rough. Yeah, so I can kind of go into a little detail. If that is what he's got, a little bit detail, and how I did not get surgery, but there was it was real close to me doing it and why I didn't do it. Well, let's hit it on the other side, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll tell you the latest on Carson Wentz. I'm glad Blaine brought that up. We also need to finish our Ding Dong of the Week segment. You can join us again, oh, yeah. 615-737-1045. Share your Ding Dong Brought to you by Mark Spain on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline here on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Appreciate everybody weighing in. Uh, Javon Curse, not that Javon Curse. There is another Javon Curse. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Somebody the exact same There's name. There's somebody named Javon Curse. That's a, a young lady, Javon Curse. Oh, it's a lady. Yes. Oh, wow, okay. Javon Kerr says he is doing a number two. She was talking about Bam's call. <laughs> he oh! called from the bathroom. Someone called Vibe Runners, which would be an amazing band name, by the way, says H-Town Mickey. And Mark says Sudafed Mickey is what I want. No way. Oh, man. Sudafed I did not Mickey hear is... that live. I mean, man, I want to hear it so bad. Javon says, hey, she's uh, we're we're talking to people. We're on Zone TV. We're back in the studio. So we can we can interact with all your messages here, Javon. Says, hey, Joe, it's it's not Jevon, it's Jovon, so it's spelled quietly or slightly different. Jovon curse. She says, hello. We got a ding dong from JP. By the way, ding dong of the week. We do this every Monday, courtesy of our friends at Mark Spain, and uh, we still have to share our ding dongs. Well, let's hear yeah. yours. And now we even know how to work the phones. We're not ding dongs. Welcome in, JP. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, my ding dong of the week is for myself for betting on the most frustrating sport to bet, and that is soccer. <laughs> I took a small bet to bet the correct score on Mexico and Canada and won a couple hundred dollars on that and decided to take half of that and put it on the game last night. I bet on the United States winning one to nothing, but because it didn't happen in regular time, and it was an extra time I lost that, which is the dumbest thing in, in sports betting, that you can predict the winner but still lose. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Got the score, but yeah. not in regular time. Soccer's tough, man. Soccer's a tough gambling sport. I mean, you, when it comes to gambling, seriously, no one knew more than Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know <laughs> when to fold them. <laughs> You just hold them. You got your what do you say? He made four, four? Did he say he made four hundred dollars? A couple hundred, couple hundred dollars on the Mexico Canada game. Hey man, 
400 or 200. I'm, I'm not a gambler. I, I, I don't want to just bet on the winners and losers. I think I'm going to just, just bet on that. I think I have better odds. Like, you know, right now, I was learning from uh, Alan Bell when we had him on last week, you know, is, you know, you know, it's kind of good to bet now on the Titans because they have them winning, what, nine and a half? He said, oh, well, if you believe they can win 10 or 11. See, I think they had nine and a half last year. They won 11. Mm-hmm. I think I may do that. would be my first time dipping in, and I still haven't done it yet. I, I'm not a gambler. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now, I, I like, I like a lot of hits for that money. money. I know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to give it away. But, hey, eh, you know, a little wagers here and there, you know, a couple hundred. Yeah, you look at those Derrick Henry totals. What was it, like 1,550 and a half yards and 14 and a half total touchdowns? I mean, I know Vegas builds big buildings for a reason, but it's like, boy, that's like, yeah. that's a walk in the park. For I'm the like, well, or just, I start second guessing. I said, man, do they know something I know? Is, is Henry not going to play the whole season or something? <laughs> What's going on? I mean, it's an extra game. He at least got to get 700 games. Yes. They know what's going on here, or, or they just think, oh, we have Julio, we're going to throw the ball all the time. No, I don't think so. That is not happening. So, yeah, we shall see. Ding dong. You want me to give my ding dong? I'm going to give myself a ding dong. This is like everybody has given themselves a well, ding dong. I, I'm giving myself because I haven't been in the studio in so long. I couldn't even get into the gate. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a key, key card here, but I thought the gate, key, you know, it has now like numbers on there. And I was like, uh oh, I don't remember oh. this. It was just, I supposed to flash my card across it. Unbeknown to myself, I'm, I'm, I probably forgot to say that 18 months have passed. And I think I can still, you know, just, well, I know I can't because everybody told me, you ding dong, you could just flash your card across it and it still will open. And so I was out there at the front door calling everybody known to man. Mickey didn't answer, Lucas texts. I didn't know no answer. So guess what? When I want things to get done, I call Big Boss Man. And that's what happened. Okay. He says, you ding dong, go to the gate. <laughs> and that was Charlie Cook. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but if you need any help, I will come out there. <laughs> but I think you can use that key card to still get in. I said, oh, I thought you turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to give it to myself because I felt, I felt like as small as an egg. Because I had already pulled up there, sat there, and I'm a protection and calling y'all. Y'all don't answer. So I back out, park in front of the front <laughs> of, the, of the building, and go up and ring the doorbell. Doom, doom. To the, to the office, no one down there, and no one comes. So there's like 50 million numbers you can call on the door that they have besides having wearing your mask. So I said, uh-oh. As soon as I dialed the number, not knowing that it was, it would go straight to Mr. Cook. <laughs> and then when it came up on my phone, Charlie Kimless Cook. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's like, hey, Blaine, how you doing? Where you been? Where you been? Yeah. On vacation. Yeah. 18 <laughs> months worth. So, yeah, I got to get myself the ding dong there, man. No doubt. That was a day, man. Woo. That was a lapse there. All right. My, my ding dong is fairly involved. I don't know if I have enough time to even share it at this <laughs> fairly point. Fairly involved. Yeah, I got a long <laughs> ding dong this week. I got I, I don't know if I've got time to say it. You got a long ding dong. You got a long ding dong this week. Yes. I don't know if I've got. Just make it straightforward. (laughs) 
Man, hey, man, I'm going to drop and put my mic. <laughs> I mean, my, my headphones right on the mic so he can start making noise. Okay, I'm going to try quickly to get up. To get, oh, I'm going to try to finish quickly. Here. <laughs> so, <laughs> for, where are we going with this, man? I'm starting to sweat in here, man. <laughs> it's so hot in here. Oh, my gosh. What oh, happened? man. Uh, what happened? Blacked out for a second. All right, here is mine. I've wasted another minute just talking about oh, the length of my ding-dong for this week. <laughs> the segment, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> I hope my preacher's not listening. All right, for everyone who is sad about the death of college football as they know it, people have been writing articles about it, and they've been, college football's not the game I love anymore. No. It's not. Uh, let me tell you something. It hasn't been that game in, in years. No. So it, it, I'm going to quote Blaine Bishop. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> Literally, I put that in quotes. Stop that. Oh, man. Because it hasn't been the same for years. The SEC has got a school from Texas, a school from Missouri, a school from Oklahoma. All that was out the window. Louisville is in the Atlantic Coast Conference. West Virginia is in the Big 12. So stop that. Teams that played rivalry games with each other for decades got thrown out the window so they could move up a click in the conference landscape. College football's been dead like that for a long, long time. So either appreciate it at the top level for what it is, or what did the Dan Hawkins say? This is the Big 12. This is big-time college football. Go play intramurals, brother. So this is what I would say. Go watch Division Two, Division Three. Haul your happy butt up to Montevallo or Mont Eagle for the weekend. Montevallo doesn't have football. And watch Suwanee. Watch these cats playing with no scholarships. They're playing for the love of the game. Watch one double-A football. You can't even drive the games anymore. Well, you can't been able to drive the games in forever. Be an OVC fan. You can drive to Tennessee. You, you don't think the big SEC, you don't think they're still going to play for the love of the game? I mean, they love the game. With the NIL and everything All else. All that stuff. The rivalries, all the tradition. It all gets thrown out the window for money. So if you truly want that, then drop down a couple levels and find yourself a, a, like a Division II team and root for them. Because it's little to no scholarship. It's the love of the game. You can drive to all the games because they play games close to each other because they don't have the budget to fly anywhere. No, I was going to tell you, the Division II school I played at my freshman year, St. Joseph, but it, it's closed now, so you can't even cheer for them anymore. Well, say they should have made some better deals. They wouldn't be close. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. We'll be back. Mike Herndon, an hour or two to talk Titans.